Amen. Acts chapter number 26. Let's stand for the reading of God's Word and prayer for the message tonight. Looking at verse number 24 to begin with. Bible says, And as he thus spake for himself, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, thou art beside thyself. Much learning doth make thee mad. <laughs> oh boy, I feel it coming. Hallelujah. But he said... I am not mad, most noble Festus, but speak forth the words of truth and soberness. For the king knoweth of these things, before whom also I speak freely. For I am persuaded that none of these things are hidden from him. For this thing was not done in a corner. King Agrippa, believest thou the prophets? I know that thou believest. Then King then Agrippa said unto Paul, O most thou persuaded me to be a Christian. And Paul said, I would to God that not only thou, but also all that hear me this day were both almost and altogether such as I am, except these bonds. If you'll notice here in the Word of God, Paul here is telling Agrippa his testimony. But Festus jumps in there in verse number 24 and spoke for himself with a loud voice and said, Thou art beside yourself, Paul. Much learning hath made thee mad. I run a concordance on that word mad. There's two words that came to my mind and that I read that that word mad means. One said insane. The other one said crazy. In other words, Festus was saying, Paul, you're crazy. Then Paul said, I ain't crazy. So I'm going to preach to you tonight on this thought. I ain't crazy. Amen. I ain't crazy. Amen. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, we do love you. Thank you for this day. You've been a blessings of life, God. I pray you'd undergird us with your spirit and your power. Let us to preach your word, dear God. Please allow us to do so tonight. And Lord, we'll uh, try to do our best to do it justice. And Lord, I pray that you'll just help us do what needs to be done here tonight. I pray you'd bind the powers and principalities of hell, those darknesses and high places. Lord, I pray you would minister to our hearts in a special way. In Jesus' name we do humbly pray. Amen and amen. Thank you. You may be seated. All I need to do something right quick. Raise your hand if you believe you're saved. Raise your other hand if you know you're saved. Do like this. If you know there ain't no doubt in this world, I'm saved. Look, all y'all praising God already. Amen. I told you you might be praising the Lord for tonight's over with. Amen. Hey, I believe God's people ought to be the happiest people on earth. Amen. Uh, I remember one old fella, he said this one time, he said, Preacher, it gets tweeter and tweeter every day that I live. If it gets any tweeter, I'm going to turn to sugar. That's how I feel tonight. 
he gets sweeter. Amen. <laughs> he gets sweeter. When he shows up, the Lord also shows out. Amen. I mentioned to you uh, about uh, uh, Paul this morning in that Philippian jail. And, and folks, I'm telling you, when Paul and Silas began to pray and sing praises unto God, and the rumbling of that jailhouse began to rumble, the walls began to shake, uh, that wasn't Paul wanting to break out. That wasn't Silas wanting to break out. That was the Lord breaking in. And when he breaks in, everything breaks loose and breaks out. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm glad that when he uh, broke in, it broke out. And uh, uh, boy, I'm telling you what, if you'll praise the Lord a little bit with us tonight, I'm here to tell you, God will show up and help us in a special way. But when we're praising the Lord, what we're saying is, Lord, we're asking you to come and help us uh, in a great and mighty way. And folks, that's when God shows up. Amen. When we show forth praises unto Him. And I am glad that I'm not going to be uh, slacking on my praise tonight. Don't want the rocks to cry out for me. But let me give you a little bit of background about what happens here uh, in the book of Acts with old Paul here. Paul had done been arrested. And basically Paul says these words, I must tell Agrippa... My testimony. Agrippa was the king, and after he tells him the testimony, of course, uh, he says, Paul, you've almost persuaded me to be a Christian. That is a sad commentary in anybody's life uh, after they've left here that one would say, well, you know what? I almost got saved. I almost had my sins forgiven. I almost made it to heaven. Almost is not good enough. you got to get in. Amen. I must tell Agrippa my testimony. Look at chapter number 26 as I begin reading in verse number 11. Paul here begins to talk about what he done has done to the Christians. He says, And I punish them, often every synagogue, and compel them to blaspheme. And being exceedingly mad against them, I persecuted them even unto strange cities. He's talking about before his conversion when he was Saul. But he's telling Agrippa these things. He goes on into verse 12. He says, Whereupon as I went to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priest, at midday, O king, I saw the way a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun shining around about me and them which journeyed with me. And when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me and saying in the Hebrew tongue. Listen, Jesus began to speak in a language that Paul understood. He said, Saul, Saul. (laughs) He's trying to get his attention. Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? You see, Paul has been persecuting the church. He was going by Saul at the time. And if he was persecuting the church, he was persecuting Christ. It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And I said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. But rise and stand upon thy feet. In other words, he's fixing to say, Saul... I've got a job for you to do. He's saying, Paul, stand up upon thy feet, for I've appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness, both of these things which thou hast seen, and of those things in which I will appear 
unto thee. Delivering thee. Delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee. To open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Paul begins the story by saying, King Agrippa, let me tell you what happened to me. I used to go by Saul and uh, I was walking down the Damascus Road. And I was a persecutor of the church. I would go to churches and I would make them blaspheme. And I would, I would make them real mad. And I would make them angry with me. Yeah. To where they couldn't come to a place of worship in their life. He said, but boy, one day on that Damascus road, I fell down to a shining light that came upon me. Thank God for the light. Amen. Yeah. A shining light came upon me and he called me to preach. Changed my name to Paul. Forgive me of my sins. Forgot my past. And now I'm preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And now you've got me locked up here in prison, King Agrippa. But you are going to have to listen to what I have to say as a preacher of the gospel. Look again at verse number 24. And he thus spake for himself... Festus, here's another lost man. He's uh, trying to step up here and be a smart aleck, really. Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, thou art beside thyself. Much learning doth make thee mad. In other words, he's saying, Paul, you've done read too much into that book. You've been reading too much of that book and and you've done gone slap crazy. But Paul looked at Festus and said these words, I'm not mad. In other words, he's saying, I'm not crazy, most noble Festus, but I speak forth the words of truth and soberness. I want to preach to you a while on that thought. I ain't crazy. Amen. Uh, Some people may think the way we shout, uh, the way we preach, uh, the way we worship the God of heaven, they may think that you're crazy. But I'm here to tell you, I ain't crazy. Amen. Uh, I know what I got tonight is real. Uh, I know that when He saved me, uh, He forgave me of all of my sins. uh, Didn't leave not one left behind. Washed them all in His precious blood. uh, Got rid of them and I came walking out of saint of God. Because He saved me and set me free by that bright light, that same light that came upon Saul that day and forgave him of his sins and called him to preach. Thank God it was the same way with me, same way with you when God saved you. It was just a little glimmer of light that come into your life. By the way of conviction, He forgave you, put you on a solid rock where you could stand and helped you from that point till today. I ain't crazy because I come to church all the time. Amen. I'm not crazy for standing up here uh, preaching the Word of God to you. I'm not crazy. Paul said, I'm not crazy. I'm, I'm sober. I'm sober as can be. I'm walking upright and I'm telling you the truth. Paul said, I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy tonight. Number one, listen real good. I'm not crazy because I'm saved by the grace of God. Amen. Amen. 
Hey, I've read all about it in his book. We've read the scripture. I'm glad I'm not going to hell. That makes a lot of sense to me. Amen. Hey, listen, I'm not the crazy one. Those ones that are crazy are those that are lost in this world without Jesus Christ headed for damnation eternally in a place called hell. But thank God I'm not crazy. I had sense enough one day to accept Jesus Christ as my Savior. And when I did, thank God He came in to abide in my heart and I abide with Him. He walks with me on a daily basis. He'll walk with you on a daily basis. He'll help you each and every day in which you live. Listen, we ain't crazy. I ain't crazy. I remember back in September at our revival meeting. It got real good and thick in here. Brother Joe decided he was going to take off in the spirit. I didn't know if he was a ballerina or what when he took off. But he took off and he started running. I'm here to tell you, Brother Joe, you ain't crazy. I bet there were people probably sitting here that said, that man's crazy. Uh-uh. In the words of Paul, I ain't crazy. Amen. Hey, ain't nothing wrong with worshiping the Lord. Amen. I'm not crazy because I'm saved by the goodness and the grace of God. And the Bible still still says that Jesus Christ is the only way. Listen, you can't work your way there. You can't get on someone else's coattail and try to get into that city. I trust in Jesus Christ. That's the only way to get to a place called heaven. Amen. Oh, I'm telling you, I ain't crazy because I'm trusting in His grace. God's riches at Christ's expense. Save by the grace of God. They saying, oh, listen, preacher, you've done lost your mind. Yeah, but I picked up the mind of God. Amen. Hey, listen, I'm not crazy tonight. Listen to me. Some people say we're crazy by reading this book. We ain't crazy. We know that this word breathes life. We know that this Word will show you how to get to heaven. We know that this Word will speak to every situation in your life and is the answer to all of your problems. It's in the book. It's our road map of life. This is what we should use. This is what we should apply to our hearts and our life each and every day in which we live. Boy, I'd like Washington to get a good dose of Holy Ghost religion. Amen. Not just religion, but get a good dose of Holy Ghost salvation Christianity. Amen. Listen, religion will send you to hell. Religion is what made them bombers strap them bombs around their waist and, and, and go and blow up things. Religion is what made them boys get in them airplanes and fly them into the Twin Towers. I don't really like the word religion. I don't have religion. I've got Christianity. I've got the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We're not crazy for that. Now, you'd have to be crazy to strap bombs around you and go and walk into a crowded building and blow yourself up uh, thinking that you're going to have uh, hundreds of virgins waiting on you on the other side. You slap crazy. They're mad. They're mad. I ain't crazy. I'm going by the way of Jesus. Amen. Listen, Washington needs to get them a good dose of Holy Ghost salvation and start looking in the book for the for the solving problem. This is our solving problem book. Amen. For solving the problems that we have in our nation and in this world. If they would go to God's Word, I'm telling you, it will help them. There was two scientists one time. 
they got together and they said, we're going to disprove the Bible. We're going to completely disprove it. They said, okay, let's go. We'll take a year. We'll read the Word of God. So-called Word of God. We'll read it. We'll come back. Well, there'll be a time. There'll be a place. They set all that up. After we've read the Bible, we as scientists will be able to disprove the whole theory of this Bible. We'll be able to prove it's nothing, that it's wrong. A year went by. Those two men met back up at that chosen place and at that chosen time. And they came together and they sat around a table and they said, well, what'd you come up with? And that one scientist began to weep and he began to cry. And he said, you know what, friend? I don't know what it was. I wasn't a believer then, but I sure am a believer now. He said, I don't, I didn't know and I didn't understand the, the, the Word of God, but I began to read it. And as I got down toward the end of it, and as we moved over into the book of John, as I began to study, as I began to look into the Word, all of a sudden I found myself on my knees before a holy God that that book was telling me about, and I got saved. I'm a Christian now. And that other scientist looked at him and started weeping and said, I did too. They went in, Brother Max said, they tried uh, to disprove the Word of God, but they ended up getting conviction and saved out of the ordeal. Amen. Amen. Them boys wasn't crazy. That's what the Word of God can do for you. Amen. Hey, I'm not crazy because I'm saved by the grace of God. Number two, I'm not crazy because I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. Uh, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19 says, But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. All your needs. There's a word, an ancient word that uh, is the name of our Lord. and It's called El Shaddai. Does anybody know what El Shaddai means? That word El Shaddai means more than enough. He's the God that we serve that can supply more than enough. Amen. Oh, listen, uh, uh, people get worried. Listen, gas, boy, is going out of this roof, is it not? $3.37 a gallon. I seen it just the other day. And boy, uh, you know, people are getting concerned uh, about gas and they start to thinking how in the world we're going to put gas in the car to get to work. Uh, How we're going to put gas uh, in the car to get to church. Uh, Listen, don't forget that you serve El Shaddai, a God of abundance. Amen. Uh, He can uh, uh, provide and supply all your needs. Oh, but preacher, I just don't listen. We don't serve El Chipo. We sell. We serve El Shaddai. Amen. We don't serve El Chipo, uh, the one that can't provide. We serve a God, El Shaddai, that can provide. Uh, and my friend, He will provide. Be faithful unto Him. He'll take care of you. Amen. He'll take care of you. I'm not crazy because I know I'm going to make it. When God saved me, Brother Damon, and He called me to preach, uh, I, I know of several people that was in that church. Uh, they looked and they said, uh, that boy will never make it. 
I preached my first sermon uh, not too long after I was called to preach. Uh, I preached my first sermon. It was an hour long. It must not have impressed nobody. But you know what? A man got saved. First sermon I preached. That gave us assurance that we was doing what God wanted us to do. But yet there was still some uh, that sat back and said, that boy's got a criminal justice degree. What is he going to do? Preaching. And then I was between jobs at one time and, and, and I ended up selling jewelry in a jewelry store, managing one of those jewelry stores. And, and brother, you can ask your sister what they're saying about me. Huh, that boy ain't going to make no preacher. Yeah. He ain't going to make no pastor. He's a jewelry salesman. Yeah. Huh. Hey, listen, I'm still selling. I just changed products. <laughs> Hey, listen, no more jewelry for me, but let me say on Jesus Christ, the King of glory tonight. Amen. I'm not crazy because I serve Him. I'm not crazy because I sell Him for what He truly is, the King of kings and Lord of lords. Folks, I am going to make it, and so are you that are saved tonight. Psalms chapter 50 and verse 10 says, For every beast of the forest is mine, says the Lord, and the cattle upon a thousand hills. In other words, we're just barring it for a little while anyway. He owns it all. Our God owns everything. What do you mean, preacher? Listen, he owns it all. You don't think you really own anything, do you? Trust me, I figured that out. If you got a vehicle, and if you got it paid for, they still call for them taxes every year. Just like it don't belong to you, Charles. (laughs) We've done paid for it one time. Now you got to pay for it again, Glenn. By taxes, right? So I don't know if we ever really own anything or not. A teacher in school one time tried to teach me. He said, son, there's only two things in this world that's free. I said, well, what is it? Water? (laughs) That ain't free. I tried to explain that. He said, but you can go down to the ocean and get all you want to for free. I said, look, you can't drink that stuff. And he was, a, he was a high school professor. He said, water is free. And he said, air is free. I said, nope, every time I have to pump up my tires, I have to put 75 cents in that machine. Yeah. I said, these people that are on oxygen have to pay for those oxygen tanks. Yeah. Air is not free. Amen. I don't believe nothing's free. Huh? We can give you something, but somebody had to pay for it. We got the days of praise books out there on the table. Pick one up when you leave if you want it. Didn't cost the church a dime. Didn't cost you a dime. But somewhere down the line, somebody had to pay for it. Think about it. But thank God He owns it all. The Bible says he owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He even says that every beast of the forest is his. You know what that tells me tonight? He'll make somebody go sell their cow to where your need be provided for. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy because I'm going to make it. I'm not crazy because I'm saved by the grace of God. Number three, I'm not crazy because my future is better than my past. 
I think about old Job. Job got double for his trouble, didn't he? You remember what happened with Job? Uh, Satan moved in and throwed a challenge out to God and basically said this. Your people wouldn't serve you if you wasn't so good to them. You, they wouldn't serve you so faithfully if you wouldn't provide for them. The Lord said, okay. How about trying my servant Job? And Job lost everything that he had. He even lost his children. Brother Howard, how many children was it? Was it seven sons, three daughters, something like that? Seven sons, three daughters. Lost his home. Lost all of his herd. Lost his farm. Lost all of his crops. Had three so-called friends that came along and tried to tell Job, Job, you've got secret sin in your life. That's why you're not being blessed anymore. Job, you must be the biggest hypocrite around because anything like this happens to somebody, they're not living right. Lost his health. That lost his wife. She said, won't you just curse God and die? But she stuck, she stuck with him. He stuck with her. He had these balls all over him. and Sick man. After those three friends come by, another man came by and basically was saying the same thing. Job, you ain't nothing but a hypocrite. If you're as righteous as everybody thought you were. See, everybody looked to Job because he was a righteous and upright man. Everybody looked to Job. And said, these boys were right, Job. You got unconfessed sin in your life. That's why you're not being blessed. But then God comes on the scene and says, all of y'all are wrong. And Job, uh, the Lord really never does address Job directly, but He basically addresses His three friends and says, look, you're wrong. Let's look at the Scripture and see what happens. In Job chapter 42, I'll read it to you. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Also the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Then came there unto all his children and all his sisters and all they that had been of his acquaintance before and did eat bread with him in his house and they bemoaned him and comforted him all over him over all the evil that the Lord had brought upon him. Look who brought the evil. It says the Lord brought it. You see, the Lord had to allow that which happened to Job. Every man also gave him a piece of money and every one an earring of gold. So the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning. For he had 14,000 sheep. Instead of seven. Six thousand camels instead of three thousand. And a thousand yoke of oxen instead of five hundred. And a thousand she asses. He had. Everything was doubled in his life. And then one individual tried to debate me one time. Because Job got the same number of children. 
back as well. And they said, wait a minute, preacher. The Bible says that Job received double. And of course, they named out all of these animals we just named. And the Bible names them and gives the new number. And it was doubled. But they gave the children and the children wasn't doubled. And he was going to be a smart individual. He said, boy, I'm telling you right now, the Bible's contradicting itself. I said, now hold on, brother. Let me look at this thing. If he had seven sons and three daughters, yep, sure did. They died. Bible says God gave him double back everything. But the Bible says that God only gave him seven more sons and three more daughters. I got to thinking. He doubled it. Yeah. What do you mean? He doubled it. No, that's a contradiction. No, it's not a contradiction. He's got seven Sons in heaven, three daughters in heaven, got seven sons on earth, three daughters on earth. All of a sudden, he's got 14 and six. It doubled. Amen. Hey, just because they're over in glory doesn't mean that they wasn't Job's. Job wasn't crazy. You know what the story of Job is about? You know what Job really tells us today? The life of Job, this is what the Lord's trying to relate to us through the book of Job, and it's this. Those that are faithful and truly serve Him will continue to serve Him no matter the circumstances that come into their life. Job was a true servant of God. Amen. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing, forgetting those things which are behind me, reaching forth into those things which are before I'm not crazy because my future is better than my past. I'm not crazy because I praise God. Listen, uh, uh, Psalms chapter 40 and verse 3, And He hath put a new song in my mouth. Uh, Even praise unto our God. Uh, Many shall see it uh, and fear and shall trust in the Lord. Uh, Psalm 42 and 4, When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me. For I have gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise. uh, With a multitude that kept a holy day. I'm here to tell you, we're not crazy because we praise the Lord. Matter of fact... I'd have problems if I was somewhere and nobody did praise God. That's what we're here for. I ain't crazy. I ain't crazy because I walk with Him and He talks with me. Revelations 21 and 24, And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor to it. Thank God, because we're Christians, we're not crazy. Because we walk with God, we're not crazy. We're perfectly sane. We perfectly got a good God, the greatest King of all, the only Savior of the world, to walk with us and talk with us, to lead us and guide us, and we're not crazy. We're not crazy. I'm not crazy. When we gather around that old rugged cross and pray for those that are lost. Folks, if we can get them to the cross, we can get them under the blood. And we can assure that they're forgiven of their sins. You see, there's names all up and down this old rugged cross. We ain't crazy. Mm-mm. We ain't crazy. 
We're supposed to pray for them. That's our responsibility. To pray for them. Pray and ask the Lord to save them. Amen. Listen, Paul told Festus, by the way, of the king standing there in his presence, I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. And guess what? I ain't crazy neither. I serve a true living God tonight. Amen. Some people may look and say, that boy's done got lost his mind. May have lost my mind, but I found the mind of God. Amen. And that helps us. Amen. Yeah. That helps us. I want you to stand, if you would. Sister, come around to the piano. I want us men to gather around that old rugged cross tonight. Hey, we're not crazy. <laughs> if you've got a need, any at all, if you would come. The Lord will help you tonight. I want to lead us in prayer. And then if you've got a need, this altar is open for you. Father in heaven, Lord, in Jesus' name, we do love you. Thank you for your mercy and your grace. God, we just give you glory, honor, and praise. Lord, I pray, dear Jesus, that you'll meet each and every need in this altar tonight around that old rugged cross. Lord, if there be one here and doesn't know you from the free pardon of sin, God, I pray you'd save them before it's too late. Lord, we'll surely thank you for it along the way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You come if you got a need. We'll be glad to try to pray with you, okay? Oh, I've anchored my soul in the haven of rest.